Welcome to All Ears, the official podcast of the Cedar Rapids Colonels, presented by Miracle Ear. I'm your host and voice of the Cedar Rapids Colonels, Thomas Breach. On this podcast, you'll hear from past and present Cedar Rapids baseball influencers, including players, managers, and executives. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of the All Ears podcast, the podcast where we sit down and talk all about the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Here today on the All Ears podcast, presented by Miracle Ear in 2022, we're joined by Cedar Rapids Colonels left-handed pitcher Brent Hedrick, who's enjoying a fantastic season here this year. Brent, thanks so much for joining us here, man. How are we doing? Good, Thomas. Thanks for having me. Brent, it's been a, it's been a fun year for the Colonels. A first half championship, uh, a lot of success on the field, good clubhouse culture off the field. Uh, tell me so far, what have been uh, what have been some of your favorite moments? It's just been a great year overall. You know, you come in and you want to develop and you want to keep going up levels, and you know, everyone's trying to get to the big leagues. But it's always good to win on the way, and you know, we're all having a good time. Um, there's just a lot of good memories as far as you know, celebrating on the field. That's a big one. It was just a good thing to do. And after we clinched the first half. Um, it's just good good to be a part of a winning team. You know, it's good to learn how to win in big moments because as you go up, you know, you're going to only have to do it more and more and more. So, yeah, I think we've had a good start and looking forward to the second half. Brent, this is obviously your first season pitching for the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Last season, you were down in Fort Myers. Uh, what has this year one in CR been like for you? Uh, what have you enjoyed about the city? I'm from the Midwest, so I'm from Illinois, not too far away. So this is more of my style anyways. Um, Florida last year was really hot. So, I mean, there's games where you get up to 105, heat index of 110. It's like can't feel your hand, can't feel the baseball. You're just sweating too crazy. But, no, since I've been here, it's been good. You know, we have a good fan base. Every night seems to bring a good crowd. Um, like you said, we're winning a lot of games. Um, everyone's having a lot of fun. So, to me, it's just, you know, take it day by day and just keep enjoying it. As you said, you're from the Midwest, Brent. You pitched in, uh, you pitched at Illinois State, so you're kind of familiar with this Midwest weather. Uh, did that kind of help you ease in right away in April when we were looking at games in the 30s and 40s? Yeah, it was definitely something I was used to from college. Um, every college season, the first month, month and a half was, we didn't know if it was going to snow or if we were going to be able to play. So we just kind of had to adapt. And, you know, I pitched in games where it was 25, 30 degrees before and probably shouldn't have, but we had to. And so, yeah, this first – I remember the first week we got down here, we played catch the first day, and it was sleeting rain sideways, and just – it was possible to throw. And it was like, well, we just got to do it, I guess. So, you know, Tip we all got out there. And it's tougher for these Florida guys. I was making fun of them when we were on the field. and like, you guys don't know what the Midwest is all about. Right. Sleeting sideways, that kind of sounds like a Minnesota spring to me, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Brent, uh, tell us a little bit about Braidwood, Illinois. So, it's about an hour and a half south of Chicago. So. People think that they think it's a big town. It's not. It's I don't know if we have four thousand people in the whole town. Um, went to a small high school and about five hundred kids. So yeah, it's kind of one of those everybody knows everybody little country towns. Every you know your standard two two gas stations and a subway kind of thing. And um, yeah, it's it. I love growing up there though. You know, have a lot of close friends still from there. But like I said, everybody knows everybody, and I'm a big fan of like that small town environment. Is that five hundred people total or a five hundred person graduating class? 500 total. I had 130-ish in my graduating class. So yeah, we were we were pretty tiny. So what do you do outside of uh, outside of sports for fun in, in Braidwood? There's not a whole lot. So that's kind of what I did the whole time. Um, my pastime was just, you know, I would go fishing. We had like a rec club type thing. So we'd go fish and do different things like that. Um, 
big into golf. So I took golf up because I didn't play football. So in that, that third season, it was weird. You didn't know exactly what to do. You were training for baseball and basketball. But besides that, I was like, well, I might as well try it. And I love golf now. I still do it pretty much anytime I get a chance this day. So. I know uh, that, that kind of seems to be a, a baseball theme, right? Pitchers on their days where they're not starting to go hit the golf course. Uh, are there any groups of, of you guys that, that turn into pretty good twosomes out on the course? Oh, yeah. We put we put together some good groups out there. On the off days on Monday, we, we get a good good system going and we get a bunch of guys out there. And, you know, we mix it up each week. But, yeah, we try to we try to keep it fun and keep it light. You know, it's it's a long season. And that's that's the day where you kind of get to unwind a little bit and just have some fun. So. Yeah, we just go out there and just just have a good time. So growing up in Braidwood, uh, when did you start playing baseball for the first time? I was probably eight or nine years old, and I didn't even want to play at the beginning, actually. And I had one of these, a coach named Bill Marquardt, good family friend of ours now. Um, he's like, oh, I think you should try You should try it. I was left-handed. I was kind of bigger for my age. And I was like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. And finally he convinced me. And so I that's kind of how it started. I played this little local league where we played the same three teams over and over again for three years when we were young and started to realize how much I actually liked it. And I pitched the whole time pretty much. I would, I would play first base and all that too up and through high school, but it was just different when I was in the mound. It seemed a lot, a lot different for me. That's like a, that's like a staple being left-handed in high school, right? You're, you're either going to pitch or play at first base. Right. Pretty much. And if, if you're good enough in a more athletic, you can play outfield, but, yeah, for the most part, pitcher in first base. Did you grow up a Cubs or a White Sox fan, or was there another team that you would follow? So I grew up a Cardinals fan, actually. Okay. I went to a game when I was like, I don't know, 10 years old, and it was a Love Bush Stadium. Um, got to see a really good game. Pitcher hit a grand slam that day, so I was like, man, maybe there's a chance. But no. Pitcher hit a grand slam in that game? Yeah, it was kind of wild. I had no idea. Looking back, it's crazier than I think it was back then, but I remember in the moment it was pretty cool, so. That kind of sounds like uh, something where you need to ask Dinkelman to let you get a swing, right? Do you think you could hit a grand slam? Well, I don't know about any of that, but it put me in the outfield. I know I can play. I was telling the other day we were short on guys. Maybe I said, if you need a guy in the outfield, let me know. But when it comes about, when it comes with the hitting, I'm not sure what I got for you, but we could, we could test it out. So Brent, I know it was, it was baseball and basketball for you that you played at Reed Custer. Uh, talk to us a little bit about Brent Hedrick, the basketball player. What's a scouting report of the player we never got to see? Oof. Most people think I'd play down low, but it was kind of the opposite. I was trailer on the play, so I was a four-man. Um, some point guard would dribble up, he'd flip the ball back, and I'd just shoot threes. I shot a lot of threes, especially our junior season. We set a national record that still holds up, hold up to this day for most threes in a season by a high school team. Um, so that was pretty cool. And I mean, we had this system where we got it from Grinnell University. It's a college in uh, Illinois. And the guy had scored 138 points a couple of years back. And it was like a big thing. And we took that system where it's five in, five out. It's like a hockey lineup um, every two, three minutes. And uh, we'd press full court. We'd trap anytime we get a chance and have a ton of steals. We have to get a, our goal was to get a shot up every like six or eight seconds that we had the ball. So it was pretty nuts. Probably kept you in shape too for baseball season, right? Oh yeah. That's, that was, that was so much fun because we got, you know, usually you're running your standard basketball plays, but us, it was just, just do it on the fly. You kind of just catch it. And if you can't shoot it past it, someone's going to shoot it quick. It was, a, it was a great, great system. I know it turned into a lot of success too, through regional championships uh, in your time there at Reed Custer. What was, what was that success like? Uh, how, how much fun was that to win a lot of games? 
it was fun because we had that same group that I was nine or 10 playing baseball with. And we had grown up and we just played pickup games all day long outside. Any kind we could, we could play, we'd play hockey outside. We play basketball, wiffle ball. It doesn't matter. We were just outside. So the whole time up and through high school, it's that same group of guys. No one ever wavered. You know what I mean? We all just kind of stuck together. And so to win it with them, it was really cool to have all those memories from the past. And, you know, it all came to fruition at the end. Was there a basketball team that you followed too? I was kind of big into the Oklahoma City Thunder in high school. Okay. But after that, I kind of – NBA is not my thing. I'll watch it in the playoffs and stuff. But for the most part, I'm more – not don't have, like, a favorite team anymore. Were there, uh, were there any ways that basketball helped you as a baseball player going into the spring? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it definitely gets you more in shape. But it also keeps you athletic. You know, it's, it's good to do things, different things, you know, keep your – keep everything strong you know it got me more more agility more athletic like I said um yeah and just the overall you know like I said athleticism is a big thing you know to be a pitcher to be a baseball player to be any athlete at all but um yeah it was more I just had a ton of fun doing it and yeah I just couldn't really pick my favorite in high school they were both right up there I loved them both so it was did you, it was a, did you ever think about playing call, uh, college basketball yeah it was a thought but it ended really early because I committed a sophomore year of high school for baseball. So I always knew baseball was what I wanted to do. Um, if I got to play basketball on the side, maybe, but I, I couldn't do that to whoever was, you know, I had to put my full effort into baseball. So. Whether it's for work or play, there's no better place to party at the park than with the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Group outings are a great way to unwind and enjoy a night out. We are proud of the affordable entertainment we offer Eastern Iowa, and we invite you to reach out to our group sales staff and see all the options we have, or visit colonels.com to learn more. I know your senior year of, uh, of high school baseball, pretty magical season at Reed Custer. You guys go on a run at the state championship. Tell us about that journey, uh, that, that process for you guys your senior year. Yeah, we just come off. We lost our third sectional championship in basketball right before this. And it was like, man, we got to do something better than that. We, you know, we were a little bit hungry. We weren't too happy about it. So, yeah, we came to the season, not ranked, nothing crazy. We were just a team that, you know, we had a couple of division one arms on us and a couple of really good um, other athletes, two of my friends that went to play college basketball. And, yeah, we just – had a good season for the most part, just kind of like any other normal season. But then when we got the playoffs, we knew that things had to be different. And we had a scare the first game of the playoffs. We were down five nothing in the fifth inning to a team that we know hit earlier in the year. So it was a it was a tough mental thing to get over. We got a um, we had a pitching change and one of our new guys came in and battled through the end and we had, we edged it out six five. And then after that, just kind of went on a run, took it game by game, prepared for each pitcher. We faced a couple a kid that went to Purdue, another, a couple of good pitchy pitchers, um, a couple of good arms and yeah, came down to the last game, last, uh, last batter and we walked it off. So it was awesome. A walk-off, uh, walk-off winner in the state championship. Yeah. We had two outs. Um, we were tied up, no one on base, three straight singles up the middle on three straight pitches to win it. So there you go. That's baseball. It was nuts. Brent, uh, I know you mentioned you committed your sophomore year. Uh, what was that recruiting process like for you um, looking at colleges as you were still in high school? It was a lot because freshman, when I got into freshman year, I had a trout for a travel team. 
I didn't really want to, I didn't know if I wanted to play college baseball. I didn't know what college baseball was at that point because recruiting was so much less than it is now. So I went to this trial and they're like, I'm telling you, you got to play. You might have a good chance, like all these things. And I was like, yeah, yeah, all right, I'll give it a try. And so it was only throughout the summer, you know, you'd play tournaments on the weekends. And so I started doing it. And the more and more I started doing it, the more scouts were there, the more calls I would get and things like that. And at the time I didn't know too much, but as it went along, I was like, okay, this is getting kind of serious. And yeah, game after game, I was able to get off more offers. And that was the tough part is, you kind of got to take baseball out of it and decide where you want to live for the next four years. But also baseball is the biggest part of it as well. So you got to take academics into account. So it was stressful, especially being, you know, 15, 16 years old, but I had great parents and, you know, great support staff to help me out with those decisions and kind of lead me in a good direction. But ultimately I decided uh, Illinois state was the best choice. What brought you to Illinois state? What, uh, what were some things that attracted you? Just the way that the campuses run. My sister actually went there as well. Um, so I was familiar with it and, you know, it wasn't too far from home, about an hour and a half, but far enough, you know, and, um, great campus, great town around coaches were awesome. Actually, the first coach to ever reach out to me was from Illinois state on the day that they could start, you know, messaging me and things like that. So we've always had a good relationship and I found him to be a really good guy. So it was, you know, pretty easy decision for me. I mean, there was a lot of schools that I took into consideration towards the end. And it's like, man, what do you got? What do you do? But you kind of just got to go with your gut and pick, pick the one that you think is the best fit. What was that first transition from, you know, graduating from high school, now you're rolling into the collegiate baseball world at the division one level. What was that transition like for you? I'd say the baseball transition was pretty similar as far as, you know, it's definitely more of a workload. You're getting up at 5am for workouts. You're doing more all day long. It's more that you have to learn to manage your time um, between school and baseball and, all these new classes, you got to find them. You got to study. You got to at least study hours in every week, a certain amount. Um, but for me, I was always pretty well organized and I still am like super meticulous. So I was able to have a lot of success early. Um, I knew I was trying to, you know, get my degree as fast as I could. And I came out of high school with some college credits already. So, and I, I was able to plan it out ahead of time just in case the draft were to happen. If not, I was able to get my degree done. So I finished my degree in three years. Um, so I was able to finish it but by the time I got drafted my junior year, which is nice. What's your degree in? Uh, business management. And if I had to go back um, for another year or anything like that, I would, would have done like a sports management program to kind of get more into the sports field. Uh, what was that maybe a, like an academic program that brought you to Illinois State too? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, I was, that's kind of the way I was going to head is, you know, business management. You kind of get a little bit of everything business. And then once you get into the sports management, it takes you into the deep, deep dive into the sports field itself. And, you know, from there, it could be anything as marketing to, yeah, I don't know, anything, I guess, along those lines. I know you had an awesome start to your freshman, uh, your freshman season in Illinois state, you know, sub four ERA, 10 appearances, eight starts, uh, pitching for a pretty good program too. That was, that was starting to build something um, at Illinois state. You have your season cut short by an injury that year. What was that process like for you? And, uh, what was that recovery um, process like? Yeah, I mean, it was one of the toughest times in my career, for sure, looking back. Um, we were in a team that was supposed to be very good that year, and I think we finished eighth out of eighth in the conference at the end of the year. We had a bunch of young guys. All of us freshmen were playing. We had a big class, I think about 12, 15 guys. But we were able to go to the MVC tournament, Missouri Valley Conference tournament at the end of the season, and 
knock out Missouri State, who was ranked and was going to host the regional. Ended up putting them out of the top 25 spot, and we went to the conference championship game and lost it um, on a walk-off. But, yeah, just to go that far and not to be able to help help contribute to your team, it's it's tough. But, you know, it was like it was a good reason made me hungry to get back and ready to go for the sophomore season. Did you learn some things about yourself uh, mentally through that process? Yeah, that was definitely the, the, like I said, the hardest part was the mental side of it. You know, you, you want to help as much as you can and, you, you know, you worked hard to get there just like everyone else did. And it's just, you know, sometimes injuries happen, they cut you short. It's just how the game works. And I was young, so it was, it was more tough. To, it was tougher to deal with then, but um, definitely just was ready to get back. And once that season ended, you know, it was kind of just do whatever I can to get back and help my guys next year. Maybe we can, you know, get over that hump. I know some guys uh, have like a bulletin board that they'll put up of goals that they have for next season. Uh, did you have a goal of winning the gold glove your, your sophomore year in 2018? No, no chance of that. Um, that was just something that was, you know, pitchers, they say pitchers aren't athletes. So I, I got to hang that one over the heads of everybody that was there for a couple of years and, you know, just get to joke around about it. But it was funny. Um, never expected anything like that. But I had uh, I did have from sophomore year, we lost against Bradley in this uh was it the first game of the tournament, an NBC tournament, and I had I pitched really rough that game, so I was able to hang that that picture of that scorecard on my wall for the next year until we went and faced them again at their place. So that was that was a good motivation for me. Is that something that you had done before? Or was that uh, kind of a first time experience for you? That was kind of the first time. You know, I was just so I kind of let my team down. It felt like, and you know, I was just kind of more disappointed in myself. So I told myself that if I ever got that opportunity again that things would be different. And it did, it, it, it worked out, you know, it was just a good, good reminder every morning of, you know, why you wake up and what you're trying to accomplish with your team and stuff like that. Brent, uh, I know you also went to the Northwoods league that year in 2018, you made a handful of starts uh, with the Woodchucks in the Northwoods league. What was that experience like? It was the closest thing to minor league baseball. I think that you can get as far as we played. I was only there half the season because I had thrown so many things in college that season, but, it's 73 games in 75 days. So my first 32 days there, we played 31 games and it was just, it was crazy. You know, it was something, and it's not like now where you travel six days to a place and then, you know, you come back home and travel six again. It was, you travel two days here, you're on the road playing here that night and you're playing, you know, four or five teams in a week. And it was, it was a lot, a lot of travel, a lot of, you know, bus rides, things like that. But I enjoyed it. It was the most fun summer I've ever had. I had a host family. A couple of my good buddies were there with me, one from college and one from high school, actually. And, you know, it, we just made the most of it. Had a good, had a good, successful, healthy summer. Um, but yeah, you know, that was a time where I could just just take everything out of it and just focus on baseball for a month. And it was it was incredible. What were some of your favorite places to play there uh, in the Northwoods League? The Woodchucks had a really good stadium where I played the Wisconsin Woodchucks. Um, another place. Let's see. Battle Creek, it was far, but it was a really good place. It was in Michigan. Um, we played actually at the Timber Rattlers place, which we're here now in town for. Um, so that was kind of cool to come back here this week and, you know, reminisce about that place where we used to come here and play. And so that was, that was always good. Did you pitch uh, at Fox City Stadium when you guys were here in, in Appleton or was it just the team? Was it, was, it didn't land on my day, but I was just able to be here, you know, and just I think we were here for like two or three days and just kind of got to hang out and, you know, I threw bullpens and things like that, but we yeah, just got to be around the environment. Did it kind of feel like a, like a little bit of a full circle coming back here this year? Yeah, it's, it's a small world when you know these things. You know, For example, we won the state championship 
in high school at Peoria when we played there and I played them in college. So it's like, you know, you play at all these stadiums that you played at your whole life. And it's, it's just weird to see how small, you know, the baseball world actually is. It's fascinating to me. I mean, you, you, you travel all around in pro baseball and in college baseball, summer leagues, especially you get to run into a lot of different people. Um, have there been many um, teammates of yours that you had in the Northwoods league or at Illinois state or players you knew that you gotten to run into and catch up with here in your time in pro ball? Yeah, I mean, especially last year, my, my best friend, my roommate from college, he played with the Tigers. He's still with the Tigers now, actually. And I was able to run into him last year. Um, we got to hang out when I was in Lakeland. Um, that was really cool. And a couple of guys that I played summer with that wasn't as close with, you know, you you start to bond with as you go through minor league baseball and you become closer and closer. So there's plenty of guys like that, um, especially guys I've trained with this offseason. It's good to see, you know, all the hard work they put in as well, you know, showing up this year and you know, it's just, it's just a good thing. You know, baseball is as much as you all want to get to the next level. You're all trying to help each other out and you, you know, you build relationships along the way and it's just a good experience. So rolling from your sophomore summer, uh, you pitch in the Northwoods league, you have the off season, you're going into a junior year. Um, did you, what, what was the draft on your mind going into that, uh, that fall of your junior year? Yeah, it's definitely something that you try to kick out, but you know, it's always there. So you just try to minimize that as much as you can and focus on what the task at hand is. And, you know, just that's just developing, getting better, you know, and help your team win, especially in college. You know, you're just trying to trying to do the best you can for your teammates. So it was definitely on my mind, but I, you know, I tried to try to kick it to the back as far as we could. Support the home team and shop the Colonel's official team store, the BIM Ritter Diamond Shop. Get all your authentic Colonel's apparel, including caps, T-shirts, novelties and more. Hey, Colonels fans, this is your voice of the Cedar Rapids Colonels, Thomas Breach, here to remind you that the Colonels Game of the Week every Wednesday is back on KMRY. You can catch every Wednesday Colonels game live on the air. Everybody, everybody, everybody knows when you're at the game, the good times roll. Hey, hey, Colonels, let the good times roll. Cedar Rapids Colonels, let the good times roll. What was different about Illinois State baseball in 2019? Just the culture, you know. Um, it was able to – we, like I said, we had we had turned over our whole coaching staff from head coach down to strength coach. Um, everything was new. So it was almost like we're all coming in as fresh and everybody wanted to, you know, prove that they belong and things like that. So the first meeting, head coach came in and said, you know, he's like, we're going to win the conference bottom line. And we're – looking around we're 16 and 40 the year before and then 20 something and I don't know 23 and 36 the next year looking around like is this guy serious and we're like he just you know had this confidence and we're like he's like you're gonna have to buy in things like that he's like we're gonna change change the way things work around here and kind of let players be themselves Um, as much as it's a team sport you know individualized things and allowed guys to really show what they're capable of and good pressure you know there wasn't a bunch of pressure that you had to be perfect. It was just a bunch of pressure that we want to, you know, we want to be better than the next guy. We want to, you know, everyone's going to make each other better type thing. And yeah, we had a really productive fall. I mean, we had the scout day and they had to remeasure our 60 yard dash because guys had beat their times by so much the year before that the scouts wanted to remeasure. So that was, that was exciting to see. I know uh, Steve Holm was the head coach there at Illinois state year one in 2019, former Minnesota twin um what was what was that what was he like as a coach what what did you pick up from him just the way that he thought about the game um he used to be a catcher in the big leagues so he knows pitchers inside and out and so there's times where he'd catch a bullpen of mine or 
something. It was just incredible to see him catch it. Any ball that was outside the zone, he turned it into a strike. It just was, it was cool to see. Um, but also just like the mentality of things, he taught me a lot along with, you know, when things go good, when things are going rough, um, quick adjustments you can make, things like that. Just, just like the overall mindset of a pitcher. Um, he taught me a lot about that and just about, you know, working hard, winning. He's just a, he was a good role model for us all there. That junior season for you was just absolutely incredible from a number standpoint. I mean, nine and three, three, four, seven ERA, uh, well over 100 strikeouts in 96 innings. For you, what were some of the biggest steps forward that you felt uh, you, you took going into that year? So, yeah, I definitely, that, that offseason, I got in really good shape. I was definitely the strongest I've ever been. Um, arm was re- felt really good going into that year. Um, I had battled that shoulder injury my freshman year and still kind of had some residue from that my sophomore year, just kind of getting back into things. Um, but yeah, by the time junior came, I was ready to go, locked and loaded. And, you know, the first half didn't go as exactly like I wanted it. I um, had some struggles first half, but I kind of, you know, probably was worrying about the draft, worrying about things like that too much. You know, you just kind of, so you just got to say, you know what, throw it out the window. I'm going to pitch and whatever happens, happens. And, you know, I was able to turn it around the second half and have a really good uh, end of the season. A really good end of the season might be an understatement. Uh, you, you start that ball game against the Big Ten champion, Indiana, strike out 14 over six innings. Uh, what was that about as good as your stuff has ever been? Yeah, you know, I was actually just – the moment was incredible. You know, we were at Louisville in a regional, and we weren't even supposed to be in the conference tournament. So it was just a big, big step for us. Um, once we won the NBC championship, we go there, and it's like, like our coach said, we're playing with house money at this point. He's like, no one expects you to be here, so might as well put on a show kind of thing. So, you know, that whole tournament, our team was just incredible. And that was – it was a really good moment. You know, I felt really good, especially when I, we got done and, you know, we were able to beat them and go face Louisville in the regional championship. So it was, it, was a, it was a great season with a great ending for the most part. I know uh, that start you, – you were obviously on a lot of radars before that start. Uh, did you see your phone start to light up a little bit more uh, after that start on a national stage in a NCAA regional? Yeah, it was definitely cool. I mean, I got a lot of people that I've never even heard of, but, you know, just reaching out to me, different things, definitely more teams, you know, want a little bit more information. But, yeah, it was just it was really cool to have all the support from family, friends, you know, distant people that just just like baseball, you know what I mean? So it was all cool. But at the end, you know, it was just more about celebrating with the team and having a good time and you know, it was, it was a memory I won't forget for sure. Uh, did winning the Missouri Valley uh, Conference Pitcher of the Year as well that that season, uh, Illinois State, I think just about swept all the awards, um, pitcher and player. Yeah. Uh, what was that like for you when you found out that you were in that massive title? It was cool. I mean, we actually got – we had player of the year, pitcher of the year, and head coach of the year all in the same – all in Illinois State, so – it was cool. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to think too much into it. It was definitely a good honor and I, you know, humbled by it, appreciated it a ton. But at that moment, we still had the conference championship left to go. And, you know, we were ready to go. We had, like we said, we we're playing with house money. There's nothing, nothing to lose. So we just wanted to go out there and prove that we were capable of doing, you know, great things. When did the twins start to uh, start to pop up as a possibility for you that season? Um, that junior fall, you know, you meet with, I met with pretty much, most teams, I would say just about every single one of them for fall meetings and stuff like that. And the twins were the only team to actually come out and watch a bullpen that fall, um, schedule a different time to come out. And yeah, you know, I, I really liked the guy that I dealt with. Um, super good guy. 
um, really good. Um, we just had a, you know, a good connection, you know, he just kind of told me like what they, what twins are all about. And, you know, that's kind of how I was. And yeah, you know, you never know what's going to happen. The draft is wild. So, you know, you just enjoy every conversation and just learn what you can. And, you know, you never know until it's already over what team's going to pick you because the draft is something that's crazy. Was it fun to go through that process with, uh, with quite a few of your Illinois state teammates? Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was kind of like the college recruiting process, but, a little bit less stress in the sense that you're not trying to go to college anymore. You're trying to play baseball on the biggest stage. And it's like, at this point, it's just, it's more rewarding. You're just like, I'm ready to go. Where in college, you're like, I don't know what I need to do, but here it's like, I'm either way, I'm going to an MLB club that, you know, has a great track record and I, you just want to have success. What was your draft moment like? It was wild. You know, I got calls saying you're going here, you're going here. And then that doesn't happen. And then you're just sitting there like, what do I do now? Um, but finally, when I got the call from the twins, it was pretty surreal. You know, I didn't know what to expect. It was like, you know, you'd plan that day for that to happen. But once it happens, it's just like a whole different emotion takes over. You have no idea what's going on for the next 10 minutes. But yeah, I mean, it was it was really exciting. Um, I couldn't wait to get started. Did you have your family around uh, during the draft, uh, during that process or were you even watching it? Yeah, I was. I went. I went out golfing that morning to get my mind off everything, just kind of relaxed and came back and, you know, caught that towards the end of it. And yeah, it was, I had some family there, friends there, just kind of enjoying the moment, whatever happens happened. And, you know, was able to get, able to get the call. How soon after the draft signing um, that whole process, how long did it take for you to get to E-Town for that debut in 2019? So some people would go to Florida, I guess, for the, just like a, you know, check in me, they sent me straight to E-Town. So I never got to stop in Florida right away. Um, I went to E-Town and just kind of got started within, I'd say within about five days, they should sent me out there. I was able to sign. I went actually about a couple of days after the draft before E-Town went to Minnesota and signed at target field, you know, got to hang out in the hotel, got to go on the field pregame, sit in the box during the game. It was just a really cool experience overall. And, you know, that's something that don't want to t- you never take for granted things like that and um went straight from there to e-town and yeah you also graduated college at uh, that spring too right so just about checking every box for you yeah about 15 days after the draft my last class ended but i had already finished all my work you know prior to the draft so it was just it was kind of cool just to kind of knock it all out what was elizabethan like uh your experience there it was something i'll tell you that it was uh <laughs> I played in the Northwoods like we talked about, and that was close to minor league baseball. But this was almost, this is almost more brutal. It was a tough, uh, tough time. We had a great, great group of guys. We had a lot of fun together. Um, Elizabethan's just not the most appealing town to most people. Um, I had actually some family pretty close, so they were able to come watch, and you know it was cool for them. But yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed my time there for sure. You know, we had a, we got a new locker room and things like that, so it was really cool. But I'm definitely glad to, you know, keep moving up. Brent, I know uh, a lot of the guys who were drafted in 2019, really anybody in pro baseball um, who had been taken in 2019, had a bit of a rude second season in 2020. Um, pandemic cuts the minor league season. There's nothing to do um, game-wise for, for pro players. What was your experience with trying to find something to do during, um, you know, during that wiped out 2020 season? 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was difficult because, you know, you go home and you'd want to train everywhere, but everywhere is still shut down. So you go outside to your local high school, your local anywhere that has a fence, pretty much. You start picking up baseball and throwing and sometimes, you know, you, you get kicked out. They don't even want you throwing outside at their facilities because of COVID. And it was just like a, such a thing where it's like you didn't know exactly what to do, how to train. what. Um, so you just had to kind of improvise. And I turned that time and I, you know, bought my own weight my own like weight room, my own home gym. I was able to, you know, buy and sell weights just to like figure out what I needed and make money and try to pay for it kind of things like that. And I was able to build myself a pretty solid setup in my garage. Um, that's all we could do at that point, I guess. So I had a buddy that's with the Tigers still who he lived about 20, 30 minutes away. And so we'd, you know, get together to throw every day and stuff like that. But that was definitely a mental battle as well. It was like, you're doing all this work for six or eight months before the next off season when none of it technically matters, but it's all going to matter in the end. But it's like, man, it was tough to get through it because you just want to get back, you know, and playing games as fast as possible. 2021 finally comes around. We get, you know, we get a season again, we get minor league baseball back. Uh, how much of an adjustment was it to jump right back in and, and become one of the starting pitchers in Fort Myers? I don't think that I think it was just the adrenaline of everyone's like, let's go. I want to play. And I was I was ready to go for sure. You know, a year off of baseball feels like 10. Um, biggest thing was putting in that work so, you know, you could stay healthy through that season, especially with your arm, things like that, because it was the highest um, highest season, I guess, for injuries, you know, because everybody's coming back off not having that same intensity for a long time. And um, you just kind of had to battle things as they came along. And, you know, you learned about a lot about yourself, especially you know, coming off that long season. So I was just ready to get back. And, you know, it was a great team to be part of, you know, you're in, you're in Florida, so you can't complain too much. Um, playing at some really nice fields, a lot of spring training complexes. Yeah, it was a good year. I know a big chunk of that 2021 Mighty Muscles team is here in Cedar Rapids now. Uh, what was that culture like in Fort Myers last year? Culture was good. You know, it was a bunch, we were a lot of, you know, a lot of younger guys towards the end there and stuff like that. But you know, we had a good team. We weren't winning a ton of games necessarily, but like we said, we had a lot of good players that we knew, you know, were capable of a lot of things. And this year, I think we've really started to transition and put that together. And, you know, like you said, a lot of the guys are here and we just clinched the first half division. So it's a little bit of a turnaround from last year. And it's exciting to see. What were some things that developed the most for you during that 2021 season in Fort Myers? You know, it was more so learning about myself. It was the first year when I'd gotten drafted and through 2020, I was battling some elbow tendonitis. And so I was like, you know, I was trying to battle through that while still learning how to play and how to adjust. Well, once 2021 came around, elbow was fine. So I was able to really just dive into the actual pitching side of things. You know, I went from, you know, developing a curveball slash slider back then, what it was, um, a change up, a fastball, trying to just, you know, combine all three pitches and make the two off speeds as good as I could. Um, and by the end of the season, we had it, we were in a pretty good spot heading into the offseason to put in some work and to come back this year and, you know, be ready to go. I know you missed a little bit of time, too, with that, uh, with the oblique in the end of the 2021 season. Did, did that hamper your your progression much last season? Um, I was on a pretty good path. And, yeah, it, it was tough to go down. It was just it was pretty minor. But it's one of those obliques, one of those things where they're just they just naggy until they until they don't pretty much. And it took me about six weeks and I was pretty much ready to go by the time I came back. I was I pitched the last two, three weeks, but still wasn't like 100 percent. You know, I had to still think about it and things like that. But 
looking back, it was a blessing to see eyes because, I mean, I went to home to the offseason. When I went home, I was as healthy as you could be, I guess, for, you know, having a long season. And just from day one of the offseason, started putting in work, you know, figuring out why that happened as far as, like, mechanically, different things like that, putting stress in the wrong places, your body. And I was able to, and you know, increase my overall movement quality, different things like that, um, change mechanics and, you know, do everything I could to come out here in 2021 and have a healthy season during 2022. In that, uh, in that off season program for you, this past off season, what were some things that you put in to, to make those mechanical changes, to make those, uh, those physiological changes? It was a lot of weight room things, you know, so you're going, you're a pitcher, you're on your single leg all the time. So a lot more single leg stuff. Um, as far as, you know, getting stronger, that's one of the biggest things, you know, get stronger, but you also want to be mobile with that strength. You don't want to be too super tense. So, you know, I incorporated things like yoga, um, different weighted ball ac- exercises to, you know, teach my arm a better path that it could go through to put less stress and, you know, have a less chance for injury. And it was a long off season. It was, it was one of my best off seasons, my favorite off seasons yet. Cause it was, just, you know, I had a lot of work to do and I knew exactly how I needed to get it done. It's just a matter of seeing the progress from day one, you know, until the end of the off season. And I left, left for spring training, you know, feeling better than I ever have. So I put a lot of credit to my guys back home and, you know, just, just off season down. It was, it was a great time. Has your arm path changed much uh, mechanic, uh, mechanic wise? Yeah. I used to be a lot longer last year with my arm path and it would allow my arm to, you know, kind of fly open a little bit and put more stress, shoulder, elbow, things like that. Um, but now I've cleaned it up and, it's, you know, the whole body's working, not just the upper body. It's not just the arm, it's the legs, it's the everything now. And, you know, throwing harder this year for sure. A couple miles an hour on average, um, have a better splitter, a slider. So it was just, it was a good productive off season to kind of get myself in position to where now I'm able to deep, take a deep dive into the actual pitching side of things as far as how can we make this pitch move more? How can we take velo off this pitch? Things like that. So it's, it's really exciting. I know you mentioned the, the velo is up, uh, the, the more refined off-speed pitches as well. What are some of the results that you're seeing um, this season, the, the positive results from the changes that you made in the offseason? Yeah, you know, my fastball is always my best pitch, and it has carry, which, you know, means it kind of looks harder than that it's coming in at. So that was always a benefit of mine. Well, this year, you know, throwing harder definitely always makes, you know, it's, it's always easier to get hitters out when you throw harder. Um, but to pair that now with two off-speed pitches that I have confidence in both, it changes the whole dynamic of my pitching. You know, last year I was fastball with trying to throw a changeup and slider, but neither one were ever consistent. Or this year it's like I have a fastball that's harder with two consistent off-speed pitches. And it's just that that next step in the development. It's like, you know, you, you got to find a way. You're not trying to get low A and high hitters out forever. You, you know, you goals to get to the big leagues and how's the best way to do that. And, um, yeah, I definitely have – especially with Mark and Richard here, we learned, they taught me a new, went from a changeup to a splitter in spring training. And, you know, the first three weeks I thought they were crazy. We're just trying it out, but um, getting into it now, I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's uh, the swings you get on some pitches, you know, it, it's, it's definitely working. Every Sunday Colonels game is a party at the park for the whole family. Come see the Colonels play in their Twins replica jerseys. Kids ages 12 and under will receive a voucher for a free hot dog, popcorn, and drink. Fans can also play baseball bingo on Sundays for a chance to win a special Amana Weekend Getaway, sponsored by Oxy Oak Sundays are a party at the park in Cedar Rapids. 
What were some of the challenges of, of making that, that change up adjustment with the grip to turning it into more of a split change? I've, I've had the same change of grip since I was in high school. So that was tough to like, I knew in a sense it needed to change. It was a good pitch, but I, I knew it could definitely be better. You know, I was able to get some swing and miss last year, some soft contact, but I knew as we go up the levels, it's going to have to have more movement, more depth and things like that. And how do we do that? We, the best part for me was to split the grip. Um, especially my arm side just worked out really well and looking back I I you know I tried the first day and I was throwing left and right and second day got better third day got better and you know we've changed the grip once twice throughout the time in spring training by the time I left came to Cedar Rapids and for a few weeks it was you know it was okay but as we're going here it's like no I'm able to throw it for strikes I'm able to throw it whenever I need to in any count and come second nature almost it's not as much as a problem as it was before. How about the development of the slider? How, how do you feel about that pitch so far? It's good. Um, last year I was throwing it lots, a lot slower, like three, four mile an hour slower and on average. So it's good to just, you know, see the harder the slider, the better. So that's my goal is, you know, throw it harder. Still going to have good movement on it and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just, it's good to not have to just pitch with a fastball, you know, and like I said, last year was a lot of fastballs. This year we're getting away from the fastball and using it when we need to, because it's still my best pitch, but also able to use a splitter and the slider when I need to. I know, uh, obviously, Brent, this season has come with a lot of success for you. You're among the league leaders in a lot of different categories, seven wins already. The ERA has been right around two to two and a half all season long. Um, for you having the work that you put in in the offseason, the work that you've been continuing to put in, coupled with the positive results, um, how special has this season been for you? It's been really good. You know, it's just been a testament to the off season. You know, I, I knew what I had to do, like I said, and just putting it into a plan and making that plan happen is just, you know, the biggest thing to me. And I'm, you know, just excited to keep going this season. Um, you know, we got a lot of season left. So for me, I take it week by week. Once I'm done with that outing, it's like, all right, don't, don't look too far ahead. Don't look back at that outing. You just got to stay present in the moment, stay present this week and you know, do everything you can leading up to your start to have, you know, have quality starts. What's your preparation process like uh, when you're going into a start against, you know, let, let's say you're going into your start against Wisconsin this week. What's the preparation process like for you? As much as, you know, you, you definitely like look at their top hitters and you think, you know, how much, what does my stuff play like against them? And, you know, you take, you pl always play to your strengths. And as much as, you know, these hitters have certain things about them, you know, you, certain spots where they're better than others and the zone and things like that. You just got to trust your stuff, play to your strengths. Um, just kind of judge the swings that they have off you. Um, for me, it's, I don't look, I look more internal than external. So I don't look at as hitters as much as some other guys do, because I just try to put all the trust in myself and the hard work that I put in the off season all season long and trust that my stuff's going to play. Um, so when I go out there, it's more just a battle with me. I don't even care who's in the box, to be honest. You know, you, you get that. It's, this guy's struggles all soft speed. This guy can't hit a high fastball, things like that. But, um, at the end of the day, you're still, you still got to play to your strengths. So for you to continue taking, you know, steps forward in your eyes, what are some, what are some of the biggest keys for Brent Hedrick to continue having success? Um, just stick to the plan, you know, don't try to do too much. It's just, you find out what works for you. And I you know I found a pretty good plan this year so far and, you know, just got to keep following that plan, stay on top of everything. Um, just, you know, never get complacent. That's the biggest thing is, Never get complacent, stay healthy. 
you, you know, you want to, they say the best ability is availability and it's true. You know, you just want to be out there on the field with your guys and, you know, doing everything you can to continue to get better. Um, and yeah, you know, just like I said, take it week by week and let things happen as they happen. Who've been some of the most influential people on you, uh, on your career? Um, I, I, my support staff's incredible. You know, I have a great family back home. My parents, my sister have always been great. Uh, my fiance is incredible. She's, you know, she's been the biggest support recently and, you know, she's always traveling to watch me play different things like that. You know, she's always, always in my corner. So it's good to have those kind of people. Um, like I said, you know, co as far as like coaches and stuff, you know, college coaches, different coaches and liners, every, you know, everyone's got something different to teach you. You know, you just gotta, you gotta learn from them what they have to offer. You know, it's different things work for different people. And for me, it's just, you know, just continue to be yourself. If you pick something up along the way, you know, do it, Let, you know, try it. You know, it's never going to hurt to just try something. It's better to try it and not know, not like it than never know if you don't try it. We've mentioned, uh, you know, you back in the Midwest, uh, somebody who grew up in that Chicago area out in Illinois, pitching in Iowa, pitching in Illinois again in Wisconsin. Um, has it been nice to have family at, at quite a few of, of your outings this season? Oh yeah, the Brent Hedrick fan club can get kind of big sometimes. You know, it's it's great, especially when we got to play in Peoria. It's only about an hour and a half from home, and you know there was a ton ton of people. And my parents come to most games, but I had old bus drivers from when I was ten years old to teachers to principals to things like that. It was just really cool to have all these people from the town there, and you know just just uh, the support system that you have is just incredible. And I, you know, I don't take it for granted. Well, what sort of confidence does that give you just to have, you know, even more people behind you at the game, people from, you know, people from your life? Yeah, you know, that's why you don't have that opportunity without those people. You know what I mean? The people that supported your whole life and, you know, got you this position. So you always definitely want to play better. You know, it's a, it's a good pressure. It's like, you know, I want to show these guys, you know, just, you know, they're here to watch me. So I want to, you know, give them the best I can. So it's always a good thing when they're there, you know, just try to you know, pitch your best. But at the end of the day, you know, you're still playing baseball and it's still fun. You just got to, you know, go out there and compete and just have a lot of fun with it. Brent, uh, on the field, off the field, this 2022 Cedar Rapids Colonels team has been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'm sure a, a lot of fun to play for as well. First half championship for Cedar Rapids, lots of wins uh, for quite a bit this season, the winningest team in the Midwest League. How much fun has 2022 been for you? I'd say it's been one of my most fun years of baseball up to this point. You know, um, it's a lot of good baseball, a lot of good players. You know, our team, especially, it's always great to win. But, you know, you play other guys and other teams, and it's just like they're only going to make you better. You know, there's a lot of lot of great talent out there. And it's just, you know, like you said, on off the field, we just get along. You know, we mesh. We're on the field. We're out there competing together. We're off the field. You know, we're laughing, telling jokes, having a good time in the clubhouse. You know, whether we're golfing, it doesn't really matter. We just – Everyone seems to get along really well, and you know, these are the memories that you're going to remember forever. So it's it's just a just an incredible time. What are some whatever uh, what are some of your favorite memories here from 2022? Oof. Like I said, celebrating on the field's got to be a big one. But you know, just the just the golf every Monday. You know, we're all talking smack to each other. We're all just having fun with it. You know, just a bunch of guys out there just. None of us are great. I mean, we're all, you know, we're all decent, but we're all just out there having fun. And those are the kind of things I'll remember, you know, just different things like that, you know, going out to eat with guys, just, just the little things are kind of the most important to me. So. 
Brent, uh, we'll close with this. Uh, what advice would you have for a kid out there who wants to play pro baseball? I would just say, you know, just keep working hard. That's the biggest thing is you have to, you have to know what works for you and you have to try things and no matter what everyone else is doing around you, whatever works for them, you got to find kind of your own little path. Um, everyone's got their own things, even in pro ball. It's like this, you know, some things work for guys, some things don't work for others. Just, you know, keep going through it. You know, things happen, injuries, different things like that. You just got to keep being strong, look past it. You know, good things will come on the other side, but as long as you're putting in work, you have nothing to worry about. Well, Brent, uh, that's all the time that we have here today on All Ears. Thank you so much for your time here today, man. We really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I appreciate everybody. Thank you, Thomas, and go Browns. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up another episode of All Ears, the official podcast of the Cedar Rapids Colonels, presented by Miracle Ear here in 2022. For our guest today, Brent Hedrick, this is your host, Thomas Breach, signing off. This has been another episode of All Ears, the official podcast of the Cedar Rapids Colonels. This podcast was created by the Cedar Rapids Colonels and edited by Metro Studios. Logo created by Brandon Vacco and the Cedar Rapids Colonels. I'm your host, Thomas Breach. Thank you for listening. Let the good times roll.